Hello, everybody. It is another episode of Bernie's Bums. This week, we're pretty pumped. Baseball is officially back on the day that this came out, if you're listening to it. Also, shout out if you're doing that. Pitchers and catchers report the day after. It's exciting. That is. You kind of threw me off with the intro there. You didn't do the whole welcome back thing. I, I, I did it. It feels like we haven't officially started. Oh, should I? Sh- shall we redo? Well, I was too excited about baseball. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, you said, hello, I everybody, this is Bernie's Bums. Oh, I... <laughs> is this like a new thing that we're trying? I, I don't know. Maybe. All right. I like the old way better. Should I redo it now? No. Too late now. Oh, too late. Okay. Cool. I mean... You could redo it, but I'm not going to cut it. You never cut it. Don't even act like you cut stuff because you don't. We don't cut things here. It's one take. We're one take perfectionists. Yep. All it takes Perf- is one. Perfection. Yep. That's one way to describe it. But like, what, I mean, what's the point of cutting a bunch of stuff? I mean, we're not trying to be, you know, perfect ESPN people over here. We're just me and you talking about the Brewers. No, I'm with you. I just, perfection was a little bit of a stretch. I no, think. it's perfection. Oh, okay. Well, now that you say that, heaven forbid, we're perfect. Perfectly average. How about that? <laughs> I like That's a lot better. All right, so I'd like to rid- think oh, we're maybe above average, but, you know. Above. A little bit above. Like, a little bit above. Like 280 hitters around here. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're the position guy that everybody just keeps because they're decent. Right, like. I don't know, maybe a, would you say like a Orlando Arcia type? Yeah. No, yeah. I'm with that. We have good moments. We have, we don't Interesting have Interesting ones. Never mind. We never say anything bad. <laughs> never. <laughs> Anyways. Never have we been wrong ever. No, we're good. Die. Moving on. We could probably go back. I was probably wrong so much about last year. Almost uh, every who... prediction I had was probably wrong. Yeah, but who wasn't wrong? Nobody knew what the, what the hell was happening. True. But going right into news, Justin Turner, the guy that we thought the Brewers might have a chance to sign for their third base spot, we've lost him to the Dodgers. Is it sad that I didn't want him and I'm kind of happy that he went to the Dodgers? Well, it, I mean, I never really got my hopes up. I think he would have been a good signing for us. I think he would have really helped be that consistent third baseman that we need but it is what it is i thought he was gonna stay with the dodgers so really not much of a shock there what he's like 36 30 yeah 34 35 in that area but like here's the thing we offered three years but i don't want to be paying a 37 38 year old guy who's in the back end of his career like i don't want to do that right i mean the dodgers i think got a good deal for him they got two years 34 million um, they kind of have the luxury cause I'm sure he's comfortable. I'm sure his family's there, you know, they can kind of offer him less money, less years and he'll probably take it. So yeah, whatever. The Dodgers can go suck it for all I care. Oh, come on. They just buy their teams. Yeah, they do. They and... don't do anything interesting like with trades and I mean, no, they just buy their people off of free agency. Look at Trevor Bauer. What, $300 million for five years or something? Right. Like Even that? the Padres, who are getting everybody, they're doing it by signing free agents, trading prospects. I mean, they're signing a lot of guys right now. They just kind of bolstered more of their bullpen. I mean, they're more of a fun team to watch build. I mean, they have a ton of money, but 
I, I don't know. I, yeah, I do but they're still too. getting just, there where they're just like spending money. It's like the same thing with the Mets. It's like the Mets are out here creating some super team. And yeah, they have a couple good young guys like Pete Alonso. But other than that, they're just like, who can we buy? And that's right. no fun. No, it is fun to watch a team like the Brewers or the Rays kind of make a run at things. I think the Rays are probably the best team at it. But I mean, the A's, the Oakland Athletics are similar. Right. Because no, a lot the of the, fun. when you look at their roster, those are all a bunch of homegrown guys. Right. A bunch of nobodies in the league, but are like hometown heroes. Well, I, I mean, the the or I mean, the A's have. See, with a lot of these teams, I feel like like the Brewers, A's, Rays, A's and Rays rhyme. But, I was just about to say that rhymed. <laughs> but a lot of these guys, like you know, the the A's have Matt Chapman, you know, uh, Marcus was Simeon. Yeah, they have like a bunch of these guys that are actually like very, very good. You just don't hear of them outside of Oakland. Right. No, that's what I mean is like nobody knows these people exist. They're fantastic players, but like everybody's to it. Most people don't know who that is. Exactly. And he he should be well. Even like Colton Wong, arguably the best second baseman in the league, but nobody knows who the hell he is. Devin Williams. Yeah. I mean, that guy had one of the best rookie seasons of all time and. I'm sure you could ask a casual baseball fan. They'll have no idea what team he plays for. Right. It's unfortunate. And going off of that, too, this just pissed me off. Walker Bueller, it's now deleted off of Twitter, but he tweeted after um, Turner signed with the Dodgers, and I don't know if somebody said if the Dodgers were scared they were going to lose him or whatever, but he tweeted, were we scared, question mark? The Brewers, question mark? Ha, 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 ha. It's like, you can suck it, my friend. And then there's just now a whole stream of videos of us hitting homers off of him, and it's very entertaining. Yeah. I mean, it's too bad, because I do like Walker Buehler. I think he's a very good young pitcher, but that type of... I mean, I don't get that type of shit talking. I really don't. I don't either. I feel like my biggest thing is, like, just have respect for the other guys. Yeah. It's unnecessary. Like, you're all playing the same game. You all fell in love with baseball. You're all extremely talented at doing it. Have respect for the other guy. Don't be bashing them, especially on social media. There's no need for that. I get get talking shit in-game, like bat flips, you know, pitchers kind of barking at players. Like, I don't care about that stuff because it's in the heat. But, like, on Twitter, like, you kind of just look like a punk. Right. You just – it just – there's – it's not necessary. Agreed. Anyway. Plus, like, Lorenzo Cain can just flash him a ring. Well, actually, Walker Buehler's got one, but still. Right. I don't know. I think there's just, with some of these young guys, as good as they are, they just have a complete loss, lack of respect for everybody around them, and they just think they're hot shit and that they're the best players who ever walked the planet, but they have, like, no respect for anybody around them. Right. Um, moving on, uh, I just wanted to talk about these these couple names just real quick. Uh, the Brewers signed a couple players to minor league deals. They signed Jordan Zimmerman and Brand Brad Boxberger to minor league deals. And you don't know these guys. I know they're pitchers just because of what we discussed before. <laughs> so Zimmerman, I'm pulling up his stats right now, but he came into the league with the Nationals, right? And he was he was a big piece of their rotation. He actually threw a no hitter once. I feel like I remember facing him. Maybe, now that you say it. But he's a guy that at this point in his career, 
He's not going to be a dominant starting pitcher, but he will be a guy that you can throw in the, I don't know, you can kind of do both with him, right? He can start a game for you, throw three, four innings. You can come into the fifth inning, throw a couple innings. He reminds me a little bit of like a Drew Pomeranz in that sense. I miss Drew. He was fun for the six months we had him. Right, but Zimmerman's best years came from 2011 through, I would say, 2016, where he was a pretty good pitcher. He actually made two all-star games during that point. He led the league in shutouts in 2013. Not bad. Do you have his age up there? Top seven in Cy Young Award twice. Um, He is 34. Okay, not that bad. No, so he's still got some left in the tank. Uh, he struggled last year. Um, his Who last produ- His last productive season, I would say, would be 2018. But we're not too far removed from that. And like I said, he's a guy where he'll start some games for you. He'll come out of the relief. I think he's just an inning eater. I do think he has a very good chance of making the roster. But we'll just see. And then Brad Boxberger is actually the guy I'm more excited about because I think he will for sure be a part of the Brewers' sixth, seventh inning rotation. Uh, Boxberger's a guy that in 2015 made the all-star game with the Tampa Bay Rays when he led the league in saves with 41. He had 63 innings that year with 74 strikeouts. Um, He's coming off a year with Miami last season where he had a 3.0 ERA in 23 games and 18 innings pitched. Um, he, He really has been a solid pitcher. His worst year was 2019, but he showed that last year he can bounce back. And what I see with these guys is we do this every year. You find some uh, veterans out there who aren't signed with the team. You say, hey, we'll give you a minor league deal and we'll get you up in spring training and we'll see what they can do. And by the end of the season, we'll decide if we want to put them on the major league roster or not. And most of the time, they'll decline going to the minors, going to some other team. And that's just how it works. And we found a lot of gems from it. So why fix why stop something that isn't broken? Right. Something like right. that. I think I think only one of the two guys will probably make the team, and I do think Foxberger is the guy that's going to make the team, considering he's had the most success recently, and he's more of a true relief pitcher, unlike Zimmerman. But we'll just see. I mean, there's really no hurt in signing guys like this. I feel like it's just low-risk, high-reward, especially considering they have three all-star game appearances between the two of them. Right. Well, like what you said, it's just something where you don't have any risk attached to it. You probably lose out on a couple thousand bucks. But other than that, there's there's not much to it. No. So hopefully it works out. Yeah. So since pitchers and catchers are days away, a day away, we thought we'd do a little like pitcher special talking about our pitching. And I think this was something that Last year, there was a lot of talk about our pitching because everybody thought we needed to sign three big starters. Everybody thought the bullpen was always fine, but the starters were a big deal. And everybody came in in 2020, a lot of our young guys, and we were, our pitching wasn't the issue last year. Um, no, I would say it stemmed more to inconsistent hitting. Right. And our pitching was fantastic. Our pitching is actually what got us into the postseason. So I think... That's one thing that nobody really has too many worries about going into this season just because it was so strong last year. So 
just for some context right away, the roster situation is a little bit different than what it has been the last couple of years. It is now a 26-man roster, so you figure there'll be five starters or initial outgetters and seven to nine relievers on the team, depending on the time of season, how many fielders they want up, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so You want to just go into the preview of like who our starters going to be this season? Yeah, so I put together a list of everybody who was started, who is slated to be a starter, or has potential starting ability. So to list all the guys off, we have Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Josh Lindblom, Eric Lauer, Freddie Peralta, and Adrian Hauser. And before we get into talking about who we think the five are going to be, I just want to read something interesting that I found this morning while I was scrolling through Twitter. And Freddie Peralta, Eric Lauer, Adrian Hauser, Corbin Burns, and Brandon Woodruff are all signed through 2024. That's very good. That's crazy. I'm into it. No, I'm a big fan. So you figure you have a starting five there and you'll get a couple guys throughout the years. But I think that's the importance of keeping good pitching with the small market team is being able to have those guys under control on cheap contracts year in and year out. So so I think we can officially – I think we know who three starters are right off the bat, right? And I think yeah. those that goes – Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, obviously. Even though I don't think he'll be as good as he was last year this season, uh, there's really – I mean, you have to throw him in there. He was incredible. Right. Um, I can't see him regressing much. I think he's definitely found his stride. He'll only get better. Absolutely. Um, and then I think the third guy will for sure be Josh Lindblom. Whoa. That was not where I was going with that. Really? Because – so I see guys like Eric Lauer – Freddie Peralta and Adrian Hauser, right? Those three are wild cards to me. Peralta kind of found his niche last season, and he basically was a relief pitcher all year. Right. Right. He had his best season as a pitcher in the majors as relief pitcher last year. I think the Brewers will continue to do that. Um, Lauer really struggled last year, but I mean, he's a lefty. We got to have him in there. We have to see what he can do. Um, you can't just trade Zach Davies for the guy and only give up on him after a season. That, and he was down in Appleton a lot of the season as well. So give him right, some benefit of the doubt a there. a lot of injury stuff. Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And yeah. then Adrian Hauser as well. He's a huge wild card to me. But he's a typical number five guy, right? Yeah. He'll have a couple good starts. He'll have some abysmal starts. But you're basically rolling the dice with him. But you need a guy in that five spot. Most teams, five guy is similar to Adrian Hauser. Yeah, and I would agree with your first two, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns. I think those guys are pretty much automatics going into the season. My third one would have actually been Adrian Hauser. I was shocked you said Lindblom because towards the end of the season last year, he pitched out of the bullpen, if I remember correctly, towards the end of the season rather than starting games. Yeah, and as soon as he came out of the bullpen, if I remember, he was pitching a lot better. Right. He was a guy that we signed overseas to be a starting pitcher, kind of with the Eric Lauer thing. I don't think you're going to give up on him after a weird 2020 season. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I I just think it comes more down. It comes down more to Freddie Peralta finding his spot in the bullpen more so than the other guys earning that spot as a starter, if that makes sense. I think the one thing, though, that I still fight with with Freddie Peralta, and I think they still want to see him as a starter is 
last is it two is it already been two years my Atlanta two years ago he signed a big contract extension so I find it hard to believe that they you know they signed that extension and just say okay you found it in the bullpen that's where you'll be I think they'll still give him a shot at starting I think he'll always have I think nonetheless all all of these guys will be on the roster this year just the odd man out will be in the bullpen, I think that's how it will be. But I do see Freddie Peralta maybe getting a couple of starts at the beginning of the season just to see. So you think Lynn you think Lindblom starts in the bullpen then? I don't know. Well, that's why we're doing the preview. You gotta say something. I'm trying to, but I don't like I don't know if the contract will speak or if his performance will speak because Right now, as I'm looking at performance, it makes sense for him to be in the bullpen, right? To be a Brent Suter type of guy who, who can come La- in after a short start and throw a couple innings. Because Lauer played pretty horrible last year. So if we're looking for a guy that is trying to find his footing, you would think more so him, right? Right. But I don't know. I just – I really do think Peralta is going to come out of the bullpen. But I could see it your way. Um, he is a guy that they've tried to make a starter for three years now. Um I think if he does struggle, say he's a starter right away. If he does struggle, they will throw him in the bullpen so quick. Oh, extremely quick. Right. Like, that's the thing. But obviously, our two workhorses are going to have to be Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, and honestly, something, too, since there is six guys, I could see them, too, doing, like, a piggyback start almost. We did it a couple times last year, and I know – there was some success, especially with Freddie, because he does struggle in the early innings. So maybe seeing something where, like, Eric Lauer will pitch three innings and Freddie Peralta will finish the last three, or Lindblom will fit, pitch the first three, Freddie right. will pitch. So you could see something like that, too. They do get quite creative with that on that end. No, I do like that. I See, I think Freddie is a guy that every five days you should throw him, you know, three, four innings. But I think right. that could be the best way that people do that, right, is, you know, Whatever you call it. What did you call it? Piggyback start? Yeah, piggyback start. Yeah. Yeah. It's something we've done. It's something we've done in the past with him, and he's been very successful with it. So I could see them trying that again. But again, I don't know if that's sustainable through the whole season. I don't know if it's really ever been done throughout a full season of baseball. I mean, the Brewers would be one to do it, but. I don't see why they couldn't. That's what I'm thinking. But, I, I mean, you see it a lot of times with a lot of these back-end starters, you know, Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer, Freddie Peralta. They'll do really well in the first three, maybe three and a third, but then they kind of fall apart later in the game. Right. Why, why, why keep them out there if you don't have to? Exactly. That's where I feel like if you have that interchangeable guy, and you especially can pick if, them up. Right. You can you say you put a Peralta in there, you can pick them up. Peralta can save the bullpen, too. Say he's on a roll, right? He comes in the third inning. He can pitch until the 8th. Right. You know, he can give those relief pitchers some extra days rest. And he could even pitch on three days, too. You know, if we're talking about this. If he comes in, maybe Eric Lauer only goes four innings and Freddie pitches two. And then maybe in three days, Adrian Hauser can only get through two and Freddie Peralta could pitch another two. I think it gives you a little bit more flexibility. So, I guess we'll see. Right. It'll I kind of do a- like... I do like the idea of Peralta being the guy that, you know, is kind of the piggyback guy. Because I think out of the 
besides, you know, Burns and Woodruff, I think he's our most dynamic starter. Yeah. So, but I think piggybacking is cool because you can get him on the field more. Yeah, and I think that's what's really cool because he could realistically, depending on innings, pitch every three days. Right. I mean, we say it out loud. It sounds so perfect now. Right. It could be a disaster in the season. Well, you never know. Anyway, so I think we kind of you kind of touched on it already, but I think one of the biggest questions is are we going to get 2020 Corbin Burns or the 2019 Corbin Burns? But I do agree with you. I think there might be some regression just because there is a little bit more film on him. Hitters have well, seen him a couple times, but I think he has found his spot. I wouldn't say regret. I mean, he was a Cy Young candidate last right. year. You know, it's like, when I say regression, I mean, he's still going to be a number two pitcher to me. No, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he'll be very good. I just, will he be a Cy Young contender? I wouldn't predict it. Yeah, no, that's exactly, yeah, that's how I portrayed it. But he's found something last year. And, I mean, he's a, even when he struggled in 2019 or 2018, he always had dynamic stuff, right? Like, he was always that guy where you're like, when this guy's on, he's on. Right. So, it, like, that, he didn't lose that. And I think he just found something last season that he can take into 2021. Yeah, and I completely agree. And I think one thing with him is I think he's found an efficient way to use his pitches. Like what you said, they've always been good. They've always been off the charts, spin rate, etc. I think the biggest thing for him was being able to realize how to utilize them against major league pitcher or hitters consistently yeah and like figuring out you know how exactly it should be played out every at bat and I think that was a huge jump for him and I think just confidence wise he gained a lot of it last year so I'm hoping a good season out of him for sure right because I mean if Corbin Burns struggles or Woodruff struggles that really will deplete our starting rotation like I feel like we need those guys to be good you count on those guys to be good yeah and I think they will be I think they have cemented themselves as really quality starters in the league, especially Brandon Woodruff. He was feared by a lot of hitters going into last season. So I think for sure our top two are going to be really just, solid. That guy just throws the piss out of the ball. It'll be like He's the sixth, so seventh good. inning, and he just launches 101. Yeah, like he is He is really fun to watch. Yeah, he is. He's one of my favorite pitchers the Brewers have had in a long time. Yeah, for sure. And he's just, like, so cool on the mound, too. Like, he never, like, looks stressed out at all. He's always like, I'm just, I'll just throw a fastball. We'll get him out. He's another one of those players that all Brewer fans love him and know he's, like, a stud number one. But, no, I mean, you could ask a casual fan. They'll have no idea who he is. Right. And going back to what I said, like, he's feared around the league. Nobody likes facing him. Right. And it's just something... Hell, nobody likes facing him when he's hitting either. He hits bombs. <laughs> Shut up. Still would <laughs> rather have a DH. Oh, 100%. But this will be the last year of pitchers hitting. So I am going to soak in every minute of it Brand, and enjoy Brandon, every at bat. At, yeah. You want to move on to relievers? Yeah, let's do it. All right, go ahead. So similar to starting pitchers, I put, I think there's five pitchers who kind of have cemented their spot in the bullpen, and then I have the fringe guys listed after. So the guys that I would believe who are a concrete reliever would be Josh Hader, obviously, Devin Williams, that's an obvious one, Brent Suter, Eric Yardley, and Ray Black. I think 
those five guys all have a spot in the bullpen coming into spring the only, training. The only one of those guys, and you you know who exactly you know exactly who I'm going to say. Yeah, who I, do. I believe is more of a fringe guy would be Ray Black. Yeah, but that guy is also a guy with incredible stuff. Right, as long as he can find the plate, he is seriously. Great. He's like that kid when you were younger. And you played like little league baseball. This kid, the kid just threw so hard you were scared to stand in the box. <laughs> but he can like if you just didn't swing the bat, you were more likely to get walked than strikeout looking. Right. He never knew where the ball was going either. He was just there, throwing I, it I, to figure in it little out. League, I remember there were so many pitchers like that. Right. Like I would go up to the plate and I'm like, I mean, he's throwing it hard. I can barely see the ball. You know what? I'm just not gonna swing and just I know he's gonna walk me. Yeah, that's uh... and that strategy worked up until like the end of my high school career. Oh wow, that long? Yeah, because then you, you you eventually would go up like I would go up against a kid that could throw ninety two and actually place the fastball. And it's like oh sh- shit. <laughs> that's when you knew where you were in trouble. I've only faced a couple of those kids in my life, and the kid that threw ninety two, he made me look stupid as hell on a curveball. Oof. Like, he threw, I don't know, he threw three straight fastballs, right? I wasn't yeah. close to any of them. I fouled one off. It's 0-2 count. No, I think it was, maybe it was 1-2 count. But he threw three straight fastballs, and just because he throws so hard, you have to look fastball. Right. So he throws a pitch, and out of his hand, it looks, it, it looked like it was going straight. And this ball fucking dove straight into the ground. I think it bounced a foot in front of the plate, and I still swung. <laughs> I was sitting, so, I was sitting so hard on a fastball that when it hit the dirt, I was I was so far ahead of it. I said that wasn't even a good breaking ball. <laughs> Do you know like, if he went anywhere? Like uh, college? Ended, uh, yeah, I think he ended up going to Wyoming or something. Oh, or nor he went up, he went up north. He played at the Division One school, so he was a good player. He played for Burlington. Oh damn, uh, Burlington okay. High School, uh, same high school that Tony Romo went to. <laughs> Ayo. But yeah, he made me look stupid as hell. Anyway. And so did Gavin Lux, but I also got him out, so. Oh, God. We're going back to this one. No, we can talk about relievers. Okay, good. We don't have to relive your childhood. Um, no. We haven't had one of those in a while. We really haven't. We've been pretty solid, pretty focused on <laughs> baseball. Not my glory days? Not your glory days. But, you know, they can come out every now and then. I don't care. Um, anyway, Ray Black, I do agree with out of the five of them, he is more of a fringe guy, but I do think he'll be on the team just because his stuff, when he can find the plate, is really good. And I think another year of being able to know how to control it, I think will also be useful, whether he's on the team the entire year up for to see, I guess we'll just have to he'll- wait and see, but I think he'll start on the team. He'll be on the roster in the beginning of the season as a guy that you'll throw in there in blowout games. <sighs> you don't think? He'll be, I think, because this is how he was when he's been up at the majors. Like just be, I think four it's four run games. Yeah, I feel like he's one of those guys where if like we're down by three or four, we're gonna throw him out because he's not gonna make the game like right. so if... so wide open that we can't win. Or also, right. like, if we're leading by three to four, like, he's also not going to give up three or four runs to completely blow the game. He's just kind of like, he may Only give up Josh one Hader run. Only Josh Hader does that. Yeah. 
<laughs> was that last week when we talked about that? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, that's, yeah, that's Josh Hader. If he's going to give it up, he's going to give it all up. Yeah, it's not just one. It'll be the three that they need. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, Josh. And then the fringe guys are J.P. Fireheisen, Phil Bickford, Angel Perdomo, Drew Rasmussen, Justin Topa, Bobby Wall, Alec Bettinger, and Dylan File. So the last and all two... those guys, no idea where that could go. Yeah, I have. The, so two of them, the last two that I said, Alec Bettinger and Dylan File, were your prototypical brewers. We're going to sign you to a minor league contract and we'll invite you to spring training. So those two are those. I think Bobby Wall has a decent shot. He is Boxberger. Yeah, but he's not even showing up on the 40-man. So we'd have to kick someone off the 40-man. One of those guys. <sighs> anyway, Bobby Wall, I don't know if you remember, two years ago we got him and everybody was super excited about him, tore his ACL, and so then last season came into spring training, everybody was super excited, and then... I forgot what he did. I feel like he had a back injury or something stupid like that. And then was out yeah, for the entire season. I don't remember so, much about him. If he stays healthy, I think he could be a really good person in the bullpen. Drew Rasmussen, if you remember, the kid just throws. Well, he's been a he's been like a triple A stud for a while. Yeah, the guy just throws like ninety seven miles an hour consistently. When do you think they're gonna have like a guy like Trey Supek come up and just throw some major league innings. He's not on the 40, man, though. I don't know. Or is he going to be one of those guys that just plays in AAA for at least 32 years old? He very well might be. Another guy who is not on the 40, man, who is available for the draft, uh, blanking on, you know what I mean. Sure. You probably, yeah, sure. Um is Zach Brown, close personal friend, I know. Um, oh, yeah. But, like, I don't know what their plan is with him because he hasn't seen Major League time, and progression-wise, he probably should. Although, he probably should have last year, but last year was weird. So, if anything, it would probably be this year. But, again, he's not on the 40-man, so they have, I don't I know. They, they have a lot of guys in the minors who – aren't considered like dynamic prospects with dynamic stuff, but they feel like all guys that are kind of competing for the same spot in a bullpen. Right. Right. They're all competing for that middle relief, you know, couple inning spot. And obviously it's really hard to decide between 15 players who's going to get that one spot. Right. And another guy too, who's young and interesting is Angel Perdomo too. I think he's had some major league time, maybe. I can't. Can we quite sign remember. him this off season? Did we? I don't know. I feel like he went up through our system. Maybe I don't. I can't remember. There's there's why so we, many. Why can't Dear... we just fast track some of these guys in our minors? I think we tried to, but everything I got wish. halted last year. I want to fast track like Ethan Small, Antoine oh. Kelly. Like I want to fast track these guys. Yeah. But I know. It, I don't, is that like, does any team really do that? Not with pitchers, usually. I don't know. Hitters, like, you'll see, come through the minors pretty quick. I feel like, like the Brewers never play their prospects. I don't know. 
Uh, Cast in Hero was up in two years. Yeah, but that was different. That's okay. Besides him, like. But I think Garrett was... Mitchell is projected to be up in twenty two. I, I want to see him this year. Okay, that's just unrealistic, though. Why? I'm not going to do that to a guy. Mike Trout did it. <laughs> okay, Mike Trout's also a generational player. Greatest player ever. Generational. I wouldn't give him the greatest. Of my uh, era. Probably greatest player of our era. Yeah, I would. I'd give him that. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. He's but, a guy that not many people know. <laughs> yeah, well, he also plays for the Angels, so... If he played that, for the Dodgers, if he played for... I'm pretty sure uh, Keon Broxton just signed for the Angels. Oh, good for him. Also, Ben Gamble signed with the... Oh, was he the guy that went to the Angels? No, he went to Cleveland. Oh, that's right. Keon Broxton, I don't know how he still has a major league job. <laughs> he yeah. had one kind of good season in Milwaukee. I wouldn't even say good. He's a great defensive player. But he had that one year where he hit, like, 20 home runs, stole 20 bases. I think he hit, like, 220. You know who he is. You know exactly who he is. He hits under 200 every single season, yet teams sign him every year. (laughs) You know who that is. No. Eric Sogard. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He is the epitome of he will go to a team, will be hot for the first two weeks, and then fall off a cliff. For the remaining of the season. And then they'll cut him. He'll get DFA'd. He'll go to the next team. He'll be hot for two weeks. And then he'll fall off a cliff. And it's the same cycle right. until That's the end what... of the season. And then he'll get signed in the offseason. And it's the same thing. I don't know. Nothing against Keon Broxton. But I've never thought he was a good player. I never really saw Yeah, I never really saw him as a starter. Never. I don't even see him as a backup. He's not consistent enough. Yeah, also very true. Yeah, I, I... don't... That's a good point. I don't know why he has a... <laughs> His last good season was 2017. That's, that's a while ago. Yeah, that's four And it wasn't even ago. that good. His best season wasn't good. No. His OPS plus was still under 100. He's one of those guys, though, I feel like, where, like, coaches look at him, and it's like, he's fast. He's well, got yeah, lean he's... muscle. Like, he looks the part, and then you see him, like, do it, and you're like, oh... Okay, and then you think because he has all the capabilities and, like, all the qualities that you can, like, fix them, and I think that's what's happening is all these teams see him and they see potential, and so they try to fix them and realize that it's just not possible well, and I, then send them to the next team. Yeah, I guess you do see that a lot with, like, guys with, quote-unquote, five-tool potential. Because right. Broxton is one of those guys, but it's so hard to put all those pieces together. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Crazy hard. I, I mean, hopefully he does good. You know, former Brewers, you like to see it. But, man, if I see that guy hit under 200 one more time and still get a major league <laughs> contract, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Um, moving back to the bullpen, unless you have anything more to say. How did we get to Keon Braxton? That was a um, really – we I went think... from relief pitchers to Keon Broxton. No, it didn't really go that quick. it didn't go that crazy. There was something in there was a blue in the middle that I connected with my brain. Oh, I'm sure there was. I'm just we saying talked about uh we said something about Mike Trout and the Angels and then that connected. Yeah, Mike Trout and Keon Broxton, I make that connection all the time. <laughs> Similar players, both five tool potential. There you go. Um I think one question that nobody has asked 
and I think people are afraid to ask, do players adapt to Devin Williams? Uh, you see it quite a bit where a relief pitcher will have an outstanding season and then follow it up with a mediocre one. Yeah. And that's where it's like, yeah, but I think his changeup is so good. Right. I mean, he is one of those pitchers that uh, as long as he can hit the strike zone, he's got um, – because I, I, you see it more with relievers too where they'll have like three or four dominant seasons and that's kind of it. Maybe that's right. what Devin Williams is, but he's on his second year out of the four. so <laughs> He's halfway through. Right. I think, I think what to expect with him is I think you'll see – more hits off of him. He's not going to go hitless like he did nearly last year. And obviously a longer season. But I think you'll see more hits. I still don't think you'll see a lot of hits off of the changeup. Just because nobody has even shown signs of catching up with it. Like his foul ball rate even stayed consistent throughout last year. But I do think, you know, the fastball, everybody sees a fastball. So I think that'll come and right. I think he'll Hitters still be able even. to... Right. He'll still be able to use the changeup to get guys out. I just don't think, like, he'll come up to the field and, Hitters like, aren't going to wait for the changeup anymore. They're going to be just right. waiting for the fastball as soon as they see one. Kind of like the Josh Hader thing. Yeah. As soon as yeah, they yeah, see yeah. a fastball over the plate, they're swinging at it. Right. Right. And, you know, that may be a good thing. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, that's also why I feel like, like, Hader, you know, he's so subject to the home run ball. It's because... I mean, Hayter knows that he throws a lot of fastballs, so most of the time he doesn't put them over the plate for a reason. Right, because they get hit 450 down center field. Right. Like, he tries to paint corners, and that's why you know the ball gets away from him. Is that what Devin Williams is going to do? I don't think so, because... I think he has more control. His his second pitch, so, you know, Devin Williams' changeup has so much more... He has so much more command on that pitch than, say, Josh Hayter does on a slider. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I think, because that was the next topic, is Josh Hader and the home run ball. And I think one thing that helped Josh Hader last year, because last year wasn't nearly as bad, but we've talked about this too, or reality is, is if somebody's going to get a hit off of Josh Hader, it will most likely be a line drive or a home run. That's just how it happens. He's not going to get ground balls. He's not going to get many pop flies. It's going to be a line drive where it's going to be a homer. That's the only two outcomes. And so I think with him last year is he finally was able to get more control over the slider and be comfortable using it two to three times in a longer at bat, which helped people get off the fastball. That was his biggest issue. Is right. Players just went up there and they were like, he's going to throw me four fastballs. And then if I get to the fifth pitch, he might throw me a slider and then the rest will be fastballs. Yeah, but they know that slider isn't catching the strike zone. Yeah, but they're still swinging at it because it looks good coming out of the hand. It looks right. very good. Right. I mean, that's Josh Hader's thing. It's been that way for his whole career. I mean, like he's a str- I mean, he's a two-time reliever of the war, you know, reliever of the year award winner. But his right. whole career he's has been good. can he develop that slider? Right. And I think he has, and I think it. I think last year was a big step in his comfort of using it. I think really skyrocketed and i think we'll see that carrying into this year the emergence of devin williams you'd be surprised how much pressure it takes off of josh Hader. for sure amazing yeah you know really good point there was a lot of times josh Hader didn't know if he had to come into the eighth because you know 
they didn't really have that eighth inning guy. Now they have Devin Williams. Josh Hader knows he doesn't need to come in in the eighth or the seventh anymore. Right, and I think, too, there's a lot of pressure of he doesn't always have to be the guy. And I think that's why, you know, back in 2018, there was so much success because we had three of those guys, right? You had Jeremy Jeffress, Corey Knable, and Josh Hader. So there was no pressure on any of them. They knew that any one of them could have gone in the game at any point, but it wasn't the pressure that they had. They were the only one that could do it. And I think, to your point, that helped settle Josh Hader because he knew he wasn't the only one who could go in and strike out three guys in a row without any damage. Right. Man, that was a good year. That that was that oh, mini man. playoff run. 2018, we went to the NLCS. Yeah, it was like that. No, That's not a mini, mini playoff run. A mini playoff run is making it to the divisional series and losing. Right. Yeah, game seven. Oh, and everybody blamed, my heart. And everybody blamed Jeremy Jeffress. Even yeah, though, well, he well he well, got I to remember, the playoffs and couldn't pitch for shit. Well, I remember, cause I re- I remember um I wrote an article about it because everybody was getting on Jeremy Jeffers, right? Even though that season he had like a sub two ERA, like oh, he, was he was so good, he was like, so good. It's like rela- like where do you think the team would be if he wasn't just a complete fucking stud the whole year? Right. That type of stuff annoys me when teams like turn on a guy immediately. Right, but also to some people's point, and I'm not saying that you're wrong, I completely agree with you, is like you're on the biggest stage and then you decide to lose it. Right, but, I mean, it happens. I mean, everybody right. has a bad game. Right, it just happened to be his That's bad like, string of games was... I know, I know it's not the same sport, but now that Giannis has signed his deal with Milwaukee, Milwaukee fans think it's cool now to just fucking criticize every single time he has a bad game. Oh, I don't like, watch basketball, so I don't oh, know. Oh, well, you know Giannis and what well, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I like, couldn't tell you the details. If you go on, like, Facebook, put everybody's just ripping apart his game now. You know, before it was all like, well, we have Giannis, you know, we're still, you know, we're the best team. And now it's like everything that he does wrong, it's it's under a microscope, which I hate. Yeah. It's like, why, why do you want this guy to be on your team if you're just going to criticize the whole time? Yeah. Oh, one more thing. Ooh, we forgot to talk about it in the starting pitchers. We forgot it. I wanted to bring up Freddie Peralta's uh, second pitch. <laughs> Which is? I think it's a changeup. Freddie Peralta, the guy whose name is Freddie Fastball, even though it's fastball, like, barely touches 92. Yeah, I don't get why. Oh, because it moves. That's why. It moves oh, a lot. It's like a two-seamer. Yeah, it moves quite a bit, even for a two-seamer. It's like a really weird fastball. I hope he can find it. I think that's what I was trying to get to it, but I don't think I ever got to it. I think if he can develop a second pitch and have it be really good, I think he will start again. That's my final consensus. What's with these pitchers that they get to the league and they still only have like one very developed pitch? Is it because they just ride that thing their whole life? Yeah, and I think to some point in the minor leagues, if that one pitch is so good, like – the Josh Hader fastball was so good. Like, when he was starting in the minor leagues, too, he never threw the slider. He always just threw fastballs, and it was the same thing right. with Freddie Peralta. And then you come into the big leagues, and they all have seen a fastball before, right? Right. There's not much new to it. Obviously, Freddie Peralta was able to freak a lot of people out in his, in his debut, but once you see the film on it and you see how it moves, there's not much of a surprise to it. 
Yeah, similar you know to it's Josh coming. Hader. Yeah, when you know it's coming, you know how it's going to move and there's no secret to it. But if you have in the back of your mind that a changeup could be coming or a slider could be coming, you know, that's when the difficulty starts. Man, yeah, there's there's nothing better that when you're playing, because you play softball, right? Yeah. Like when you know an off-speed pitch is coming and you know how it moves because you've seen it. And that's every O2, every O2 count. Well, and you're just sitting on it and you see that thing loop in there. I love that. Yeah. And you can just tee off on those suckers. Yeah. Anyway, side 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 point. Going back to the glory days. I'm just hey, I have I wouldn't say like personal experience, but <laughs> it's not the same, but I've played, you know. Right, 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 right. I thought you were going back to the Gavin Lux thing again and I was about to be like, "Wow, you love bringing that up." Hey. How many people I mean, I'm sure a lot of people got him out in high school. <laughs> but how many people are on a podcast to talk about it? I mean, not many, so I'll give you credit None for that it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think that's all we got for today. Yeah, we covered a lot. Hell yeah. It's what we do Hell here. Hell yeah, brother. We come in with a plan and we, we fire through. We execute. We have a few Next. little side conversations, but we get right back on track. And I know I did pretty good today with notes. We did do pretty good. But the side conversations are good though too. I like them. I, I can like do them. a whole. I can do a whole podcast and just random baseball shit. Yeah, yeah. We almost resorted to that one last year, but <laughs> right. <laughs> Thankfully, there's baseball this year, so we don't have to see that. Right. Anyway. I mean, anyways, hope. Everybody staying safe. Uh, go comment on the podcast. Go subscribe to it. Go rate it five stars. Share it. Uh, let us know you're listening. I mean, you know, sometimes in these winter months when there's not much going on, it's hard to stay motivated. But it's nice to know when people are listening. Uh, gives us that extra motivation to stay on track. Yeah, check us out on Twitter too. We have a couple good tweets a week, so why the hell not? Yeah, like we won't two. blow up. We won't. Go. We won't blow up your timeline at Never. all. We'll just Never. sprinkle them in there. Right. I feel like unless you're a huge media company, don't blow up people's Twitter feeds. Great PSA. I feel like that should just go in right. general. Oh, my God. Like, speaking of social media, like, I feel like people with Snapchat stories are in. They should be limited to, like, two a day. Please. I would Holy love shit. that. Like, because I'll look at people's first one or second one. Like, I'll actually look. Most of the time I do. But once you get more, I'm, I'm fucking clicking. Right. Like, Right, and I'm that person who, like, can't have any, like, unseen stories. I like Same. when they're all blacked out. So Me I too. have to sit through all of them. And there are right. some people who I have from, like, work and, like, five snaps a day in an hour about absolutely nothing. Right, and it's, like, after work, too, when you have to go through all of them. Oh. Like, I'm, I'm not even looking at that point, but I'm firing through. Oh, that's so And if you bad. follow any, like, famous people, oh, my God. Yeah. Anyways. Anywho. Stay safe. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Have a good one.